Good morning, Mission Church. This is kind of weird talking without a microphone today. Um, Welcome. We're so glad that you are here. And as I'm talking, could I have all the kids come forward and come and just come and sit up here? Lucas, Jace, come on up. Bella, come on. Have a seat right there. Go ahead and sit down. Okay, so tell me who, oh, Koopa, this is the Koopa. Tell me who loves donuts. Me. Who loves donuts? Me. Anybody in the audience like donuts? Me. And you guys like donuts. If I gave you a donut today, you'd be super happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. You'd be. They were super sad because what was not on the table today? Donuts. There was no donuts today. It was terrible. But we have a very our very own resident donut man, right? Yeah. And I think he's probably the most popular man in the whole entire church. And he sits right there in the front. And all the kids know Mr. Donut Man. He has a very serious ministry here. All the, yeah, see? <laughs> so see, he's the most popular person in this church right now. So if you want to meet the man who's, is, who is it, he's out there on the corner with donuts and candy. Thank so, you so much. Um, but... So if I gave people donuts, you would be, what's your favorite kind of donut? Chocolate. Chocolate. What's your favorite kind? Glaze. Glaze. What's your favorite kind? Chocolate. What's your favorite kind, Pastor Gordon? Um, oh. <laughs> I like the glazed donut. The glazed donut. Who likes, who likes donuts with sprinkles? Anybody? Me. You like donuts with sprinkles? Yes. Yes. So, oh, Cooper, here, you've been standing there so nicely. I think I'm going to give you, a, I'm going to give you a donut here. Would you like to come and get your donut, Cooper? I don't want a donut. Because it's got a hole in it. You, you don't want a donut because it has a hole in it? Yeah. Well, that's silly. Wouldn't that be silly if we didn't want a donut because it has a hole in it? Lucas. And that's kind, of, that's kind of what it's like when we look at God. When we look at God and we look at all the things that God's done for us, wouldn't it be silly if we missed all the things that God did for us and focused on what we don't have? Just like this donut. Does this donut taste good even if it has a hole in it? Yeah. yeah. It does, right? And when we give thanks to God, we think of all the things that God's done for us, and we don't focus on the things that we don't have. We think of all the things that God has done for us and give thanks. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Can you look at the Bible verse up there? It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. So I have a little saying for everybody today, and it goes like this. As you go through life, make it your goal to look at the donut instead of the hole. So as we go through the Thanksgiving season, I encourage everybody, big people and small, to remember all the things that we have to be thankful for. And don't focus on what we don't have, but focus on the goodness of God and all the things that God has done for us. And now we're going to go eat a donut for real, right? (laughs) He's like, like, I want the chocolate one right here. (laughs) So I encourage you today as we go through the Thanksgiving season to really take time to think about what we have that's important and what we have to be thankful for and not focus on what we don't have, but the goodness of what God has given us. Thank you so much and have a great rest of your service. Thank you. Wasn't that wonderful, that little uh, piece of advice that Renata gave to us? And as good as her presentation was, I think you'll find mine more holy. Oh, 
church. <laughs> Now I get to share with you how to give thanks no matter what. Mm, think of that. Now I, I need your cooperation. Uh, you need to use your imagination a little bit this morning. And uh, we're going to be taking a look at Colossians, not just uh, the 17th verse that uh, was given to us. I don't even see it up there, but... Uh, um, Keep going, uh, and I'll let you know which one uh, that we need there. Go all the way through to 17, and then we'll go back to 12 after that, okay? Uh, Your imagination. Hope you have it intact today, because we're going to uh, use it. I want you to imagine. Now, this won't be hard for you to do. I want you to imagine me as our church's fashion expert. What's this laughter? <laughs> if, if we're, if we're going to learn how to give thanks to God no matter what, not only do I need to become our church's fashion expert, but you do too. So uh, scripture says that uh, whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God, our Father. So as fashion experts, we have the privilege of setting trends. And today I want to talk to you about the latest Christian fashions that are up to date today. So let's go back to verse 12. Will you there? And uh, scripture says, Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. About the latest thing you can put on, isn't it? Wow. Think of yourself being the fashion expert that demonstrates these qualities. I've heard it said it's not so much what God gives to us through Christ, but it's what Christ is through us to others. Each one of those has an aspect to it that doesn't just say, look at me, because that's what fashion is all about. But it's here. Look what God can do for you. Now, let's get back to our imagination here. I I, I want you to see me as our church's relationship expert. My own talk show, you know, giving advice to the rest of you on how to make your relationships work. We're going to take a look at verse 13 for this, so the next verse. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone, anyone, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. We're talking about relationships here. 
forgiveness, extending to others what Christ has extended to you and to me, forgiveness. Well, we're not done yet here. There's a few other roles that I see myself, and I see that you are involved in this as well. And so if phase number two will come up, we'll just do great here. Maybe you're in luck and it won't come up. No, here we go. I want you to see me and yourself. Some of you are going to say it's about time. As our church's music expert. Praise team. You've been replaced. Think of it. Verse 16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other in all the wisdom he gives. Sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. I love The modern music. I said it. 77 years old. I like it. I like this new stuff. I really do. And if you have a problem with the repeating over and over again, I was told that when you get to heaven, you're going to just keep on singing, holy, 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 in that great choir. But let me tell you why I like the new music. I like it because the young people who are singing it, of course, it doesn't take much to be young when you're looking at them through my eyes, but just think, expressing praise to God. Perhaps you have someone who's a grandchild who's away from the Lord right now, talking to the older people, or maybe you are that grandchild, and you made peace with God, you invited Christ into your heart and life, You gave to him everything he forgave you, and you decided to write a song. Friends, that song is not going to sound like a hymn from 1782. It's going to be an expression of joy, and and, and it's going to be full of life and thanksgiving and, and, and grace. And, well, you get the idea. And so the challenge for each one of us is that with thankful hearts, we sing. So just because you might be singing a hymn doesn't mean you're singing it with a thankful heart. So smile. Be thankful. And then finally, I want you to see me as our church's evangelism expert. And see yourself that way too. That verse, number 17, it says, Whatever you do or say, Do it as a representative of the Lord, giving thanks. As a fashion expert, I've been kind of concerned about my my appearance, my facial expressions. Yes, I do have a mustache. It's here. I, I feel it. You can't see it, but I feel it. But one time, and I know she's being kind, I really do, 
But one of my sisters, she passed away a few years ago, but uh, she was, as uh, my sisters were helping raise this bratty little younger brother, she let me know that just because I was homely didn't mean I have to be ugly. How do we avoid that? It's more than just putting something fancy on your face. It's having a thankful heart. Every one of you, I can improve your looks right now by telling you, be thankful. And oh, by the way, tell your face that you are. God is so good to us. Yes, we can be thankful no matter what because of what Christ has done for us. Good morning, Mission Church. My name is Eric, um, and I have the privilege of leading the youth and college ministry here. And continuing in the theme of Thanksgiving, Pastor Gordon asked me to reflect on a very popular Thanksgiving passage. Um, It's a great one. It's a good one. It's packed. It's short, but it's packed with a lot of good stuff. Um, So much good stuff that it's actually hanging on the wall in our living room <laughs> at my house. Um, so if we could toss that on up. We're going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Um, it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. A couple things that stick out to me about this passage. Well, first off, I mean, if anyone ever asks you, like, what's God's will? Right there. It tells us. Three short little commands. So that doesn't have to be a big wonder for us anymore. What's God's will in my life? That's a big question that we all deal with often, I think. But um, this passage gives us three great ways, great lenses to look at that question. First, the command to rejoice always. Always be joyful, as Pastor Paul was just talking to us about, and as mentioned later, in all circumstances, right? Joy isn't something that is contingent upon what we're experiencing in the moment. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Joy is an attitude, a way that we get to approach life, a way that we get to look at the things happening in our life. Always rejoice. Always come with the attitude of joyfulness. And then we're told to pray continually, to be in constant conversation and communion with God. This is an action for us, right? So we have an attitude of rejoicing, an action of praying continually, always speaking with God about what is going on in our life. And third, we have this command to give thanks in all circumstances. so good. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is, we have an attitude, an action, and I think this is a a heart posture for us, a posture of thanksgiving, a way that we're able to recognize that no matter what we're going through, we have so much to be thankful for. Something that grounds me often, like, man, what do I have to be thankful for in this moment? Life just feels really hard. Well, I'm, I'm breathing. The simplest thing, to be grounded, 
have that posture of thankfulness. Recognizing that God is in control in all circumstances. And God is working things out, even when we don't see it. God is constantly working at reconciling all of his creation back to right relationship with himself, even when we can't see it. And then we have that last statement, that this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I think that this isn't a list for us of life hacks. It's not a list of, hey, if you do these things, you'll be the happiest person. I mean, they'll lead to more joy and more happiness in our life. But that's not the point of it. The point of these things is to draw us closer into the heart of God. Having that attitude of joyfulness and being in constant prayer, constant communion with the Lord, and having that heart posture of thanksgiving. Man, those things lead us toward the greatest commandments that Jesus gave us of loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself. Man, that sounds really easy. Like, you just got to rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I think it's important to remember that it's a process, right? That this isn't something that all of a sudden we just achieve instantly, but it's something that we practice and participate in and grow in our ability to be joyful in all things. We grow in our ability to be in constant communication with God, and we grow in our ability to give thanks even when things are hard. And so I hope and I pray this week that as we enter into the week of Thanksgiving, something that our nation, our culture recognizes as something that's good for us to do, and we know that as Christians, we should be the most thankful people of all because we recognize the work of God in our life, the love that God had for us to create us, to send his son to die for us, to be with us here on earth, conquer death, so that we can be with him in eternity. We should be the most thankful people on earth. And I hope that this week, as we participate in that, hopefully with friends and family and loved ones, um, that we remember and have the opportunity to practice these things. Practice rejoicing always. Practice praying continually. And to practice giving thanks to God in all circumstances. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Lord, thank you so much for gathering us here this morning. We know that no one's here by mistake, Lord, but you have us all here, Lord. Would we be reminded of the immense love that you have for us? Lord, remind us of all the things that we have to be grateful for, even those things that aren't obvious to us, Lord. In this time, Lord, we... We just come and we thank you. We thank you this week for all the blessings in our life. And we hope and learn, hope that we learn to thank you for those things that we don't see as blessings yet, but we know that one day we will see as blessings. We will see your hand in your favor. Lord, thank you for all that you have done for us. Thank you for the wonderful work that you are doing in our lives, the wonderful work that you are doing here at Mission Church the wonderful work that you are doing through your church in the world. Would you continue to empower us and grow us in our ability to participate in that magnificent work with you? We love you.
It's in your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Well, Aloha Mission Church. What a joy it is to, uh, to bring a message of thanksgiving with you today. And I'm so grateful for my staff who agreed to share a part of the message of thanksgiving so that you can hear different perspectives from people of the joy of what God is doing in the lives of His people through thanksgiving. My message today comes from Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open it up and turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to be looking a little bit uh, throughout Philippians chapter 4, but uh, keep the verse up and and we'll just hold it there for a second. Last night, um, we wrapped up an amazing three weeks that uh, we have set aside to talk about some of the important issues that face men, and, and, and we call it Movember. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a nationwide thing, and we decided to do it here at Mission Church. And, and I've asked some of the, the guys to, to join me in growing a mustache. And while you couldn't see Paul's very well, I hope you can see mine. And uh, it's been fun to change this up a little bit. I, I had it a little bit longer off the sides, and everybody started calling me Ed Lewis. And, uh, and then now they call me Steve Horrocks, and I'm just trying to emulate the different mustaches I see around me. <laughs> but, um, but I'm so grateful for the time spent with the men in the church, talking about some important things that we never address as men, about things of physical health. And, and, and the first week had a panel talking about the, 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 the things that, affect men physically, but we never discuss. And bringing it up to the surface to address, and it was so good and healthy for us to do that. And then the next week we talked about the emotional health that, that we deal with, that, that again, we, we never address. One of the people on the panel said these words. He said, in restaurants, more men die alone in the bathroom choking to death. Than, than if they were able to ask for help being at the table and getting help, they would probably survive. But when men eat and, and somehow they, they start to choke, they go, excuse me, I'll be right back. And what do we do? We go to the restroom <laughs> thinking that we can take care of it ourselves. And more men die that way because they're too afraid or too ashamed or too prideful or too whatever to ask for help, and, uh, and they die alone. And that's something that, that, as men, here at Mission Church, we talked about. And, and we came to the place where we said, let's not do this alone. Let's talk about how we build friendships, how we, take, we care for one another. And, and, and we, we brought those issues up to the surface. We, we talked about how men deal with anxiety and depression, and it's a real thing. And, um, and, and the, the value it is to have other men join you in the journey as you go through these things. And so today's passage, you see it up here with me, it addresses some of these things that we talked about for the last few weeks. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 6, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. 
Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the Apostle Paul, who wrote the letter to the Philippians, gives us this amazing resource of prayer. And and, and as a part of the voice for men's health, we talked about a lot of things. The, The spiritual health that we get and we have and the resources that God gives to us is this beautiful, amazing resource of prayer. But Paul says something else in here that, that, that is, I think, a little bit challenging for all of us, not just for men. He says that we ought to pray with thanksgiving and with thanksgiving present your requests to God. Mm. Pray with thanksgiving. That's... That's a little bit harder, I think, than we, we realize and we believe. Because most people, I'm not saying any of you here, but most people, they tend to reach out to God when they're in crisis, right? Things are, are, are falling apart. You're, you're struggling. What do you do? Uh, we'll pray. That's when most people pray to God. But it's when you're in crisis and when you're going through the hardest times, that's not where you have the, the most, the greatest heart of thanksgiving, right? Because you are in that, that deep, difficult time that you're struggling through. And so when Paul tells us that when you face times of anxiety, and he says, don't be anxious about anything, but with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You're like, wow. That's a challenging word for people that are going through anxiety and depression to find thanksgiving and and pray in that way. How do we do that? Well, I'm so grateful for the full word of God to us today. Because I want to share a bigger picture with you. If we just take this passage in and of itself, we lose the the, the context for the things that come before and after. And so with your Bibles open, I want to lead you into seeing um, a bigger picture of what Paul helps us to understand uh, how we have a thankful heart in the midst of difficult times of maybe anxiety and, and, and challenges and crisis. Sandwiched between our passage, the verses that come before and the verses that come after help to give us context for how we can have thanksgiving in the midst of difficult and challenging times. When you are in crisis, how do you have a thankful heart? I'm so grateful for God's word that leads us that way. So in your Bibles, you will see Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. It comes right before our passage. This is the, the top part of the sandwich. Okay? You know, in the sandwich, you got the, the bread on top and the bread on the bottom. This is the bread on the top. And this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That's what I'm so grateful to know. To have a thankful heart is to be reminded that in the midst of the challenges and the crises that we go through, that the Lord is near. You see, church, when the reality that God is near becomes our truth, 
the prospect of being thankful as we pray can become real. I'm going to say that one more time so that sinks in a little bit deeper for you. When the reality that the Lord is near becomes our truth, when we fully believe with every fiber of our body that God is near to me, as I go through the valley of the shadow of death, as I go through the difficult and challenging times, when I know that I know that I know that the Lord is near to me, the prospect of being thankful in my prayer becomes real. And the reason it becomes real is because knowing that the Lord is near, hear me, it doesn't take away the crisis. Knowing that the Lord is near doesn't take away the crisis, but it reminds me that the crisis that I'm going through did not take God by surprise. And if it didn't take Him by surprise, and He is near to me, as I go through this crisis in my life, that the very real presence of God goes with me. And I can take comfort and give thanks, knowing that I don't have to go through this alone. The crises that have happened in my life and just like me and you, we've had many. Some of them have just taken me by surprise. I did not see it coming, but I've always been reassured that God knew long before I did and that my journey with Him, when I continue to draw near to God, I know that He's already near to me. And then, when God is near to us, we know that in our crisis He does not abandon us, that our crisis matters to God. And we can become thankful because during these times, even though it's challenging, and you've done it as I've done it too, it's in those times of crisis that we draw near to God. It's in those times of crisis that, that I call out to God all the more and knowing that He is near has been, has been what has given me the ability to pray with thanksgiving. That's the top portion of their sandwich. The bottom portion of the sandwich comes in the verses that come after our passage today. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 is the bottom part of the sandwich. You could call it the foundation. And this is the practical Word of God that can bring us joy in the midst of difficult and challenging times. When we go through any kind of crisis, if you're going through a crisis right now, as we approach Thanksgiving even, you know what happens to me, which I'm sure happens to you too? Whatever problem it is, whatever crisis it is, it becomes the focal point of everything of our lives. We look at it. It, 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 is, it, is, it is the most important thing at the moment because <laughs> we have to deal with it. Every waking moment that we have, our attention is on it. When we go to bed at night, we cannot sleep. You know why? Because we're thinking about this crisis that is in us and, and, and it, it impacts us. We lose sleep over it. It, it consumes us. It, it drains us of joy, doesn't it? Whoever that is, tell them I'm busy right now. 
that drains us of our joy. And it robs us of the spirit of thanksgiving. When we go through any kind of crisis, I want you to know that's normal. That's what happens to me. And I'm pretty sure that's what happens to you as well too. But what God's word gives to us next helps us in our crisis to refocus our attention and condition our mind and our heart to turn from that crisis back into seeing the goodness of who God is. So hear the word of the Lord. You have your Bibles open. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whenever you have, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And when you do that, the Bible tells us this, and the peace of God will be with you. I cannot begin to tell you that the transition from my mourning and the crises that I have experienced has begin what has helped me so much is that instead of the laser focus that I have on my problem and my issue, that I turn and I lift my countenance and I turn it to God because all of the good things in life, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights. That's the, what, what, the word, the, what the Word of God tells us. And if we can turn our attention from those things that rob us of joy to all of the good things that God has provided for us, the things that are of truth and the things that are noble and the things that are excellent and praiseworthy and and intentionally, with great effort, turn our attention towards God and refocus that towards Him, it begins to lift us from the miry clay up to where we can stand and turn and lift our continents and, and, and begin to be thankful and pray with thanksgiving. It's kind of like what Renata said about the donut. Where's your focus? Is it on the hole that's missing from the donut? Or on that delicious glazed donut? When she asked me that question, I was totally, completely off, taken off guard. I was like, um, my favorite donut. I have so many. <laughs> my favorite donut nah, has come to mind. It's the, uh, the apple fritter from Mary's Donut. And praise God, it does not have a hole in it. <laughs> it's just pure deliciousness. But church, I think, I needed this. And sometimes, maybe you do too, to be reminded that that over the years, we truly have seen God do amazing things. And yet, when those things happen and go by, we rarely reflect back on that and thank God 
for the things that He has done, for the answer to our prayers, for His real presence with us as He moves powerfully. And in those times where He's changed our hearts and He's changed the hearts of those that we love, God does those things and He still is doing them. So remember that. Think about those things. And I, and I want to close by sharing a story with you that I think I've shared with you before. When I was a, a child growing up, sitting at the dinner table with my dad, when we were kids, we, we ate with little rice bowls. That's, anybody grew up eating with little rice bowls? No, I'm the only one. <laughs> That's how we did it. Oh, yeah, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Me and you, baby. We had rice bowls just like this. And there was a bowl sitting on the table. And my dad, for whatever reason, he says, Gordon, what do you see in that bowl? It was a bowl that we used every single night to eat dinner out of. We had our chopsticks, and we'd get the, the, the food my mom prepared with the rice in it, and we'd eat it this way. That's how we ate. The bowl that I had had been broken before. And there was a, you could see a crack all the way through it. And our family was poor. We didn't have very much. So if things broke, we had to fix them. And I think my dad might have gotten some super glue. And he put the glue and slapped the bowl back together and held it. And when the glue set, we used the bowl every single night. We ate from these bowls. And the one that I had with the crack in it was one that we used every single night. And he says, what do you see about the bowl? And I I said, there's a crack in it. This one doesn't have one, but. He said, I said, there's a crack in it. And my dad said, isn't that interesting? We use this bowl every night for dinner. And, uh, and you, the only, the, the, but the first thing you see is the flaw in it. Why is that? And I thought, huh. There is so much to, to see. There's beautiful decorations. This one I've chose because it says grateful on it. <laughs> There's, so, there's a beautiful design on it. We use it every single night. And yet, the first thing you see, the first thing you point out, is the flaw. is the crack. There's so much more to see in this bowl than the crack, Gordon. And I've never forgot that. And maybe that's the lesson for us today as we come into this Thanksgiving time. We can choose to... Focus on a lot of things that are going on around us that are just difficult and challenging. And that's the truth. But we will struggle to pray with thanksgiving if that's where our attention is. And so today, as we finish, I want to remind you that the Lord is near. The Lord is near We call Jesus Emmanuel for a reason. Because God is with us. And when we go through anxiety and depression, we need not stay there. Because we have a resource in prayer. That when we pray with thanksgiving, that the God of peace will meet us there. And when we learn on the bottom portion of our sandwich, to refocus our attention. And instead of let that problem be the only thing that holds us, that drives us, 
instead of that problem manifesting itself into all of the different things that it could be, we turn our attention and we refocus on God and everything about Him that is true and everything about Him that is noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And we fill our eyes and our thoughts and our hearts with those things. That is when we can pray with thanksgiving to God. And so with that, would you just take a moment right now to in your own heart, Take one thing that is excellent and praiseworthy, that is noble and right and true about God and own it as your own so that before we leave today's service, you will have a heart of thanksgiving turning from the things of this world into the things of God. Would you bow your heads with me today? Oh, Lord God. Your goodness has been running after us and we sometimes forget that. But it is true and I have seen it with my own eyes and felt it with my own heart and Lord God, I pray that as we enter into this week of Thanksgiving that we could, we could pray with Thanksgiving and a grateful heart not just focusing on the problems of our world today or the issues of our lives. While they may be true, help us to be reminded that you are near, that you love us, and that through this difficult and challenging times that some of us face today, that your very presence goes with us, that your son Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, Father, thank you for your son. And thank you, God, for helping to turn our attention towards you. And as we do, may the joy of thanksgiving be ours, we ask in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said...